Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast with me, your host, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK. That's right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Don't forget to follow me at RMK Madness on the Twitters, on the, the gram, as the kids say. Just do it. Just do it. So welcome back. I hope everybody had a wonderful week. Mine wasn't bad. Not bad here at the madhouse. I had a couple of rough nights of sleep early on in the week and led to a couple of sluggish days. And I hate that because it makes me feel unproductive, right? Makes me feel just like I I just didn't get enough done. And then I, I get a little stressed and frustrated with that. So it's not good. But generally, I'm okay on a little, you know, lack of sleep. And, and, you know, most nights, I don't sleep much over five hours, to be honest. And I function just fine. But if I get a couple of nights in a row where it dips down to like two, three hours, and you give me like five hours between two nights total, like, no, it's hard to function. No! Right. It's just, it's just too much. For me, I think. (laughs) So, I'm feeling better, obviously. Back on track, getting into the podcast recording. I'm going to have a good weekend. That's right. I, I am currently, well, through the week, and we're finishing up right now my 14 team, my, well, what I'm calling my last draft. But I feel like I'm going to end up doing one more. (laughs) oh man got to got to got to just might have to don't got to just might have to though just might want to we'll put it that way just can't help it they're so fun and fuck now everything that's going on well we'll get into that in a second we'll get into all that in a second with actual you know football news with teams actually coming together and whatnot but so it's made the draft a little bit interesting because some things have come up during the draft obviously and adjustments have to be made on the fly but we'll get into that and as I said NFL teams are starting to get together and whatnot just as the NBA is returning yes came back last night we got a couple of games Close games, both really good games. You know what? It was a good night of ball, I tell you that much. Utah barely beat New Orleans. I watched a decent amount of that game. Pelicans had that shit for a while. And then Utah just came and closed it out the end, took it. Now the Lakers over the Clippers in the second match, that game was a different story. I already said the Lakers. I said that weird, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Uh, You suck. Yeah, I know. I know. It's been a rough week. We can't start off already. So the Lakers and the Clippers, that was a hell of a game. The Lakers got up a little bit. Clippers came back. They got up a little bit. And then it was back and forth at the end. And the Lakers took it. Two really close games. It was just a lot of fun. They had, I like what the NBA is doing with their fan board, 
with their with their fans with the empty seats. So what they got, completely different than baseball, who just has you know the cardboard signs there. But with basketball, they've actually got video boards around the gym, right? Because it's more like a gym, not an arena. You know what I mean? Um, but they've got video boards around, and on the display are virtual fans, and it's basically people watching the game real time, and they're watching it with other virtual fans, and they can high-five each other and do crazy shit. And I'm like, this is fucking cool. I even saw on the Bleacher Report app, Chris Bosh, if you know anything about basketball, former Heat player, he was one of the fans, virtual fans, for the Lakers-Clippers game. It was just kind of cool. Much better than the way baseball was doing it, if you ask me. And, of course, we get hockey this weekend, which... You know, not everybody is into, but I am. And I got to say, going back to basketball, every one of those motherfuckers were kneeling last night. Every one of them. Both games. White and black. Player and coach. Refs. Refs were kneeling. The movement is stronger and much bigger than it was in 2016. It's a big fucking deal. Some of this shit is happening. And given the climate, truly important. So I love this shit. I loved everything about basketball's return last night. So hopefully they can keep the COVID out of the bubble and continue to give us good basketball. And we'll see how hockey does. Because, you know, at the NBA, they started out with some positive tests, Right. Little leak in the bubble, but they're good now. Nothing but negative tests. The NHL, they were getting negative tests right at the beginning. So I feel like being in Canada, the way they're doing things, they got the shit under control. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But I'm very excited for the return of hockey and excited that we got our basketball last night. A lot of games going on today. A lot of games going on tomorrow for hockey, and it should be fun, and I hope everybody enjoys. But now, now we must get into the NFL, and we actually have some decent news to talk about now, don't we? That's right. That's right. Probably one of the most important aspects of the NFL returning is you know, all the different changes. And I actually will have an article coming out eh, probably next week about this early next week on playerprofiler.com. Oh, no. Oh, no. You oh, suck. no. I know. Jackass. I know. I know. It's t- <laughs> We're fucking, what, 10 minutes in? It's twice. Twice I'm tripping up over the words. <laughs> oh, no. That's right. That's right. It's okay. It's all good. Got this under control. <laughs> but with the Jed, I'm going to have an article, playerprofiler.com. I think I tripped over saying that before. Anyway, anyway, anyway. But it's going to be about kind of the changes with COVID. And it's going to kind of go into some of the different players I'm, I'm looking at targeting because of this. You know, deeper league guys. And... You notice there's a lot of stuff going on, right? These teams are coming together. They're getting tested. Some of the players are going to a COVID list, right? 
some players are going to the pup list, the physically unable to perform list, and with the pup list. If the players that go on the pup list now need to be taken off of it by the beginning of the season, because if not, if not, then they're not eligible to return till after week six. So this is very important to keep an eye on, like Alex Smith, one of the guys that went on the pup. For example, there's, I was at some point at least, some strong feeling that Alex Smith could compete in that quarterback room. Now, where he's at with his rehab, last I heard he was doing very well and able to practice. But does that mean he can get out and do what he's supposed to do? It'll be interesting. So should he make it off the pup list, you got him, Kyle Allen, and of course... Dwayne Haskins. So then you got three guys. Now, I don't think much of Kyle Allen myself, but the head coach of the Washington football team must. I'm sorry, Washington Foreskins. <laughs> we got to stick with that. We got to stick with that, right? 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 Yeah, I know. <laughs> so then, of course, there is the opt out list. Right? Now, this is interesting. <clears throat> the opt-out list. And this is basically, if you want to get into, like, the details of it, it's an opt-out list for players who don't want to play this year due to the risk. And there's certain category, like, there's a category for high risk. And if you're high risk and you're opting out, then you get, uh, like, a $350,000 stipend uh, for the year. If you're not high risk and you're opting out, you get like 150 or something like that. I can't remember the exact numbers. But the point is they're getting some cash and a little more if they're high risk. Um, and then they'll still get part of their salary or I think most of their salary. No? I can't remember how all that works. <laughs> now I'm going to sound like it. I've been researching this shit. This is, see, this is part of my sluggishness is I've just been slowly gathering all the information for this article because I've been tired all week and trying to get going and I'm gathering this information and it just kind of gets mixed up. <laughs> and until I get it fucking written out and actually organized, it's probably going to stay a little mixed up, up in the dome. So, you know. <laughs> but the opt-out list... Didn't seem to be a big deal at first. A bunch of Patriots players opted out, mostly defense. Nate Solder, tackle. You heard a few names, and then the first fantasy-relevant one, at least, somewhat, Marquise Goodwin, who just went to the Philadelphia Eagles and was looking to be part of that depleted wide receiver core. And now, now... He is staying out. And his reasoning is very understanding. And I do think this opens the door for the two later round rooks the Eagles had this year. And that would be John Hightower and Quez Watkins. And I like them both equally. John Hightower has a little bit more of draft capital. And if I remember their player profiles correctly, Watkins has a little bit more speed. So it should be interesting and, you know, kind of what they choose to do there. And, you know, people can't forget about Greg Ward because if they don't have Goodwin and Alshon Jeffrey doesn't start the year, 
then they have Jalen Rager and Deshaun Jackson. Now, Deshaun Jackson I still really like, but he's a little bit older. Is he going to be able to stay healthy? So we could see opportunity for Greg Ward, John Hightower, Quez Watkins, all of them, some of them. You know, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. For me, a little tough to decipher right now. If I had to pick a guy, it might be Hightower, just because of the draft capital, which is not the most important thing in the world, but teams seem to care about it a little bit. <laughs> so that's my thoughts there. Now, then dropped a little bit bigger of a name for the opt-out list, and that was Damian Williams. And everybody started freaking out about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But I'm here to tell you, and we can talk about this more when we get into the madness and we're discussing the AFC West. But I think he's just a bit overhyped. I thought he was a little overhyped anyway. I still think he's, well, obviously now he's even more overhyped because I just have a hard time believing this guy is just going to all of a sudden with Damien Williams gone be just killer. I think this is a trap. I said so on Twitter. It's a trap. No, do it. It's a trap. Thank you, Admiral. Mr. Akbar. It is a trap, I believe. Now, I could be wrong. I've been plenty wrong before. <laughs> and it's not like fantasy football is an exact science. We're not fortune tellers. Anybody who tries to do this, we just try and decipher information as best we can and pass it on. And the way I see it, they like Damian Williams, man. The Chiefs do, Andy Reid does. They were looking for a complimentary piece, which is why they drafted Darwin Thompson last year. He did not pan out. So they went a little higher in the draft and took someone like a clad Edwards Hillier, who is definitely a better prospect than Darwin Thompson. But I'm having a hard time with everybody viewing him as this undisputed monster in 2020, all of a sudden, just because Damian Williams went bye-bye. Because if you look at the Chiefs roster and the moves they made, they didn't keep shady, right? Gone is our names like Charkandrick West, long gone. But you got Damian Williams, drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Still have Darrell Williams, Darrell Williams. I think it's Darrell Williams. <laughs> and then, gosh, what else do they, in the, oh, sorry, offseason. <laughs> in the offseason, they signed Elijah McGuire, DeAndre Washington. So you have to wonder what direction they could go here. Because I believe they were looking for a complimentary piece to run with Damian Williams. And they did not find that in Darwin Thompson. And they believe they find that in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And don't get me wrong, he deserves a bump up, for sure. But I don't think they're just going to... I believe they're still going to have a Damian Williams-type role. And you're going to get DeAndre Washington who's a solid back, 
or Elijah McGuire, who I like and is a solid back. And I like him just a tad more than DeAndre Washington. And he's cheaper. So if you're in a dynasty startup and you're looking at late round backs, Elijah fucking McGuire. Now, I could see one of those two dudes taking over that Damien Williams role, rendering this extra hype meaningless. And again, that's just me. I didn't have him as the number one rookie RB. That To me, that's JT. To me, it's still JT. And maybe in redraft, yes, you can make the case for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But in this particular year, I'm not doing a whole lot of rookies in redraft. I'll try and play some off the waiver wire. But that's about as far as that goes. Because in redraft this year, the rookies are going to have a tougher time. Does that mean they can't break out or they can't do it? No. There's going to be some that acclimate really fast and can step out there and do the fucking job. So they're going to be out there. It's just going to be tougher this year, which means probably less. I mean, you got to take all these factors into account, right? So I think someone will step into Damien's role. And yeah, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be pretty good. But I just think he's a bit, bit overhyped. bit overhyped. Just saying. And then you have news that, uh, well, because everybody's expecting the Chiefs to go out and sign, like, Devonta Furman, <laughs> who got a new agent who's supposed to get him a job, basically. And then... Good old shady LeSean McCoy. And if people listened to me last year, you know how much I love Shady McCoy. But he signs with the Bucks. Blah. And there's some people that seem to like this. He was actually just taken in that 14-team draft. Superflex. Tight end premium. In that draft, he was taken. It was later on in the draft, and I'm just like, man, wasted pick. Shady ain't had it the past couple of years, peeps. He ain't going to have it now. And he's just joining the team. I can only imagine. They did this because Keyshawn Vaughn went to the COVID list. And by the way, I might do make a list for Monday or Tuesday. We'll, we'll see how it goes because I want to pay attention to these lists over the weekend, see what happens, because you've got the COVID list, the PUP list, and the opt-out list, right? And fucking Keyshawn Vaughn, one of the rookies, Justin Jefferson, another one who's on the COVID list, and that makes it even tougher. In an in a off-season where it's going to be difficult for rookies, more so than other years, to get that positive COVID test. Well, and I guess for right now, these are just, it's not made aware if they tested positive or around someone who tested positive. But either way, until they've got some negative rounds of tests, they're not joining their teams. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting how this all plays out, and hopefully they just uh, do it as safe as they can. But uh, back to the shady thing. I don't, uh, uh, uh. Eh. You suck, <laughs> you jackass. Yeah, I know. Shady sucks. 
He does, man. He don't even seem like a very good dude, and he's fallen off a cliff running back-wise, and I'm sure he thinks he could still play great. You have to show it to me then, dude. Maybe not to me, because I don't give a fuck, and you don't give a fuck what I think. But if you want to keep your job, if you want to be relevant, you're going to have to prove it. Personally, I believe it when I see it. Yeah. But anyway, okay, okay. That's enough, that's enough. So, take a quick breather, and then we, we get back into the divisional breakdown in the madness. And this week, this week, this episode, we have the AFC West. So, quick breather, and the return for AFC West. Yes. Welcome to the madness. Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. The madness. And just so anyway, any new peeps listening, the madness, it's just basically what I got. Because I like to do cool, weird shit. So it's just the little section of the pod that's kind of the meat, if you know what I mean. The meat and potatoes of, of the episode. We're getting to the main topic, which, you know, after all the news and stuff like that, have a main topic. And this pod, well, we're getting into the AFC West to continue my divisional breakdowns. That's right. So, let's go ahead and get into it with the Denver Broncos, my hometown team. Now, there's some mixed feelings around about Drew Locke. I believe in him more so than most. Do I think he's spectacular? No. But I think he's a lot better than people give him credit for. I know in a five-game sample size, he had... Not the greatest of stats, and he had some issues at times. In his rookie season in five games. I repeat, in his rookie season in five games. Like, five games in his rookie season, and you're going to bust his balls this hard. Now, here's a couple of things. I think he's going to... By all accounts, it sounds like he's a hell of a hard worker. I think he's going to walk into this year ready to go. And then you look at what the Broncos did on offense. Adding Melvin Gordon. Adding Cortland. They had Cortland Sutton. Apologies. Adding Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler. I think K.J. Hamler was where my brain was going to go. And as soon as I went, it went to, you know what? Never mind. Never mind. It just, yes, I know. I, I know. You suck, you jackass. It has been a bit rough with, 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 uh, with the tongue twisting today. I don't, I'm not really sure what the problem is. But anyway, moving on. So you got that receiver core. Now, I still like Deshaun Hamilton a little bit. Okay? But clearly... They're looking for something different. And they have Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, and I think that's fantastic. And then they can use K.J. Hamler as the deep threat. And I just think that's so many weapons. Now, this is a bit of a problem if you're looking at the fantasy prospects of the three of those guys because they're all great, but they're going to cannibalize each other, right? You know, you got to take away some of Sutton's targets. But then again, 
you look at who they lost last year. Emmanuel Sanders, eh, albeit partway through the year. But then they were using, you know, like Deshaun Hamilton couldn't even get that much run. So while I still like him a little bit, it's clearly he's not making that big of an impact in Denver. Yeah, Tim Patrick, you just had names like that. And now they don't have names like that. They've added Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. It's going to be an explosive, dangerous offense, I believe. Particularly because they added a hell of a running back. And I'm not sure what the offense was doing the past couple of years. It it it, it felt like let's make Philip Lindsay the main guy and then turn Royce Freeman into, you know, a passing down guy and and the breather. That yeah, I just uh, I didn't understand what they were doing. Have Royce Freeman be the fucking guy and Philip Lindsay as your satellite back. It seemed to make too much sense. So now, it does look like that's what they're going to do. They gave Gordon a good contract. They are going to use the shit out of him. And he's going to be, I mean, he rested his body a little last year. Had a hard time getting going. Like, he can forget about last year. He's going to walk into this season ready to go and extra motivated because of everything that's gone down. And I believe Melvin Gordon's really going to have a good fucking year this year. I'm down on Philip Lindsay, and I just feel bad for Royce Freeman, man. Like, what, what is he going to do? I hope he gets traded somewhere that, you know, he can be used. Because right now he's just depth, which, hey, you got to fucking have when it comes down to it. But Levante Bellamy, rookie for the Broncos, he could work his way into that third-place role. You just never know. You never know. Because it's clear the Broncos are not super high on Royce Freeman, it would be. <laughs> By all indications, just saying. But I do like Melvin Gordon a lot this year. Then you move on to the tight ends. You got Noah Fant, right? And then they drafted Albert O. Now, first of all, I do think Noah Fant is... A solid tight end. I don't think, because of the offense and the way to spread it around, I don't think he'll get quite like a, you know, one of the top, top, you know, like top five. I'm sorry it took me so fucking long to say that. I just came to... <laughs> but it's true. It, 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 I don't think he'll get the volume to crack the top five. But because of the big playability, you, you saw that a lot last year. He could definitely crack the top 12 and put him as a tight end one, right? So I definitely think Fant is a solid choice, but I also am interested in stashing a one Albert O. You could try to say his name. Albert Okwagunabumbunabumbunabum. Albert Okwagunabumbunabumbunabum. Albert Okwaga Bunama. Bunum. Bottom. Bunum. Okwaga Bottom. Albert O is what I'll refer to him as. <laughs> and if you want to correct me on that, please feel free at RMK Madness on the Twitter, on the gram. Get a hold of me and let me know. I suck at that and how you say it right. That's fine. That's fine with me. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> 
Moving on. This fucking dude, Albert O, 99th percentile in the 40-yard dash, because he runs a 4.49, and in speed score. Now, he didn't test in any of the other drills, but he does have a 90th percentile college dominator and a 92nd percentile breakout age. There's a lot to like about this dude, but he's a little raw, he needs a little work, and that's par for the core from... For most tight ends, right? For most rookie tight ends, it's just, it's a hard position to come in and learn right away because think about it. You got to learn the receiving aspect of tight end, but you also have to learn the blocking aspect of tight end. So it's almost as though you have to learn three positions, the tight end position, the receiver position, and the O-line position, basically, (laughs) in a sense. But you do have to learn so much more and know so much more that it, 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 it does take a little more time. So, this could be a situation where, hey, Pat Sherman wants to roll two tight ends, and that would make sense. That would make sense. Or, well, I guess thinking about it, how much sense does it make when you've got, when you've got three awesome receivers? You know what I mean? Like, but Albert O could be that guy if they don't want to pay Fant in the future. They could turn to Albert O. So it'll be interesting. Worth a stash is what I'm going to say. Worth a stash. Yes. Albert O. Worth a stash. Yes. Okay. Come on. Come on. And moving on. Yeah, that's right. To the Kansas City Chiefs. Whew. Well, Mahomes is a top five QB. That's, that's pretty much guaranteed. Easy to say. Yeah. No qualms with that. But then you get into the running backs, as we mentioned previously. No Damian Williams. And as I said, someone's going to run with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I don't think it's just him, and then they're going to use every... I think the people that think this is going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in, like, a full workhorse role, I think they're mistaken. As I stated... They drafted Darwin Thompson last year, I think, to compliment Damian Williams. And what happened? He didn't pan out. They signed Shady. So, <laughs> I just feel like this is a situation where they got the guy they wanted to compliment Damian. And now Damian's stepping away. And they're going to have to have someone to fill that void. And it could be DeAndre Washington, Elijah McGuire. I like them both. I think they're both above average running backs and they're talented and could be good in this offense. If I'm to pick one, Elijah McGuire, I feel like he's a little more talented and, and he's cheaper. <laughs> and of course, Daryl Williams is still there, but you know, and he's okay. He's okay. He's not bad. But again, out of the three, if I have to pick, cause I'm staying away from Darwin Thompson, but this also goes along with my belief with that, I just can't see them using Darwin and Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like, I just, I, I don't want to see that. I don't see them at those two as the two. <laughs> so we'll see. You, that's definitely what you're going to have to keep an eye on as shit rolls along. The Chiefs running back situation. And as for receiver, you know Tyreek Hill is the man. You know, technically Sammy Watkins is that second guy, but he's more suited for best ball leagues because he does have some big games, but he's he's not as consistent, right? So 
Behind that, you look at the guys, you still got Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, some guys like that there. But you know, me cold heart, me, me cold. God damn it. No! I know, I know, I know. It's you just suck. The, there's yeah, way, ass. way too much of that in this, this, this particular episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, but me cold Hardman is going to get uh, some run on special teams returning and you know, he's going to work his way probably into that third receiver role permanently. And, well, we'll see what happens uh, if and when Sammy Watkins leaves. But I think Nicole Hardman's going to have a good role. And if something to happens to anybody, Watkins or Hill, then that's a bump up for Nicole Hardman. I know that's not quite what happened last year, but I do think We'll see some good stuff. Last year it was really spread around, but because uh, Demarcus Robinson got some play, Byron Pringle, but uh, I think this year it'd be a little bit different. I think McCole Hardman has a little more trust for Mandy Reid, and then of course you got Travis Kelsey, top five, top five. Moving on, L.A. Chargers, go Chargers, go. That's right. Looks like. Tyrod Taylor is going to be the one starting. We'll see if we see Justin Herbert. I do think he needs some time and some work. And again, rookies this year, man, it's going to be harder. So I do think Tyrod will get some games under his belt. And if he's playing good, which he could, because people want to point out like, hey, I'm not the biggest fan of Tyrod. Okay, I'm really not. But if you want to look at the Bills, and what he did taking him to the playoffs, you do realize that they're, I mean, Shady was on that team. Again, fucking Shady. <laughs> Shady was on that team. Shady McCoy. And that was really the start of his downfall. And then you look at, like, what did they have for receivers? Around that time, it was Calvin Benjamin. <laughs> I think they got rid of him before that playoff round. But you know what I mean? Like, he had no receiver. He's stepping into a situation with the Chargers where he has Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, a good running back group. Like, I think the chance for Tyrod to be pretty good this year is high, man. And woman, I really do. You got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. They should both be in wide, re- two, wide receiver two territory. And really the guy I like on the depth chart is the rookie Joe Reed. Now it might take us some time to get acclimated, but he could step in and perform on special teams right away, and he could certainly step in win that fucking third wide receiver role because there's nobody else really of consequence. And Travis Benjamin isn't there anymore, right? But where did he go? Chicago, I think. I think it was Chicago. I think it was Chicago. But they have <laughs> Andre Patton. Like, they, they have nobody. 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 That rook is going to be that third wide receiver. Watch. And hell, maybe he works his way up. Maybe... You know, who knows? Who knows? And if you get any of these guys opting out or getting sick, I mean, this is the year where backups and, and you know, 
players down the depth chart. They matter more because you never know if a few guys will go out. And then for the running backs, <clears throat> excuse me, I do like Austin Eckler. I just think he's also a little overrated because as much as, you know, he had a great start to 2019 before Melvin Gordon came back. It was largely due to, you know, he had a, quite a few big runs, right? Because his yards per carry was 4.2. His true yards per carry was 4 flat. So then you get him some big runs. Well, it was more big gains in the passing game, and that's really what did it. He is fantastic catching the ball, moving in field, but doing the Melvin Gordon running up the, you know, the gut or breaking it off to the side, that's not so much him. He's great out of the backfield as a pass catcher, but it, I can't help but feel like, because if you also look at last year, they had Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler, that was supposed to be a fine combo to get him through. But then as soon as Melvin Gordon came back, even though they knew they weren't going to pay his ass and he was going to be gone after the season, they still, when Melvin Gordon came back in, they were using the shit out of him. Obviously, they believed he gave them the better chance. And I just feel like some of that's going to be shown with Austin Eckler is, yeah, he's a hell of a playmaker, great dude, but is he a complete three-down back? I'm not so sure. And that's why you you got to look at Joshua Kelly, the rook. Because like Joe Reed, who's the number three on the Chargers' depth chart? Who? Well, let's look. <laughs> I said, I got to do it again. Because you've got Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson. Oh, and it says Joshua Kelly. Because there's really nobody. That's the guy. And he's a different style. He can, he can take on that Melvin Gordon role. And I just feel like we're going to see that. We are going to see that. You know, believe just we're going to look up his player profile because I'm going to talk to you. I should look up Joe Reed's too, but I'm just going to do Joshua Kelly's for now because this dude, he has some shit doing beeps. Okay? 80th percentile, 40-yard dash, 449. 78th percentile speed score. 69th percentile agility score. 74th percentile bench press. He's got a lower burst score. But college dominator, 77th percentile, college tar target share in the 69th. And I just like what this guy can bring to the table. And he's a different type of runner than Austin Eckler. And I just feel like he's going to get playing time pretty early in the season. So grab him up. Grab him up. And keep an eye on Justin Jackson. Because I do think it's important, uh, it, you know, when you see feel like a backfield on a team and and you know it's like three guys and there's kind of a pecking order, those are good backfields to attack because you kind of know what to expect if someone goes down. 
right? Just food for that. Food for that. Moving on to the Las Vegas Raiders. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. So Derek Carr, I actually think he's going to have a solid year this year because he has weapons. Like Hunter Renfro helped him out a little bit last year, but like the, like their number one, technically their number one receiver has been Tyrell Williams. And I like Tyrell Williams when he played for the Chargers, but he was the number two. I like him as the number two. And I don't think he lasts very long as the number two in Las Vegas. And I'll explain why. But I do think Carr has a solid year because of that. And should he falter, I do expect Mariona to come in and have a little bit of a Tannehill effect. Now, I'll be the first to say, I don't think Tannehill is great. And I think he played pretty good last year. And I think he could have a decent year this year, but he's nothing spectacular. Same thing with Mariota. If Derek Carr struggles, Mariota can come in and steady the ship, I believe. Now, neither one of them are the greatest at, you know, the deep ball thing. (laughs) But we'll have to see, because John Gruden... He says they're going to use Henry Ruggs as in true number one. He's going to be used all over the field. Now, this is good news for Henry Ruggs. I would have to see it because, you know, it's a lot to ask of the smaller receiver. But we'll see if he's capable. We'll see if he's up to the task. And if they do, then you've got him. You've got Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro. But then you've also got waiting in the wings, Brian Edwards. And I love me some Brian Edwards. But you can't forget about Hunter Renfro in the slot. See, he ranked very highly when it comes to, like, targets for rookies. Not overall. <laughs> and 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 yards per... Or, no, what's the stat I'm looking for? Regardless. He ranks second to A.J. Brown. And a handful of these rookie categories... And, That's pretty good, if you ask me. Because he doesn't have mind-bending metrics. And he's otherwise not someone you would look at and go, that's going to be a stud. But what he did in his first year, I think, can carry over. And he's going to have some rapport with Mr. Derek Carr. And, uh, yeah. History says, rookies who have the kind of year that he did, tend to go on to be fairly successful. So we'll see what the future brings for Mr. Hunter Renfro. And like I said, eyes on Brian Edwards. Then we're looking at the tight end position because it's a little more difficult, right? A little more difficult with the Raiders (laughs) because they've got Darren Waller, who's okay, but I think uh, he's, he's starting to take a trend down. Trending downward, my friends. Trending downwards. And then they bring in Jason Witten, and that's just Gruden wanting a veteran guy around to kind of, you know, just uh, whip these other whippersnappers into shape. You know, some coaches, they just really like that veteran presence. And I just feel like this is Gruden bringing in a good old vet to kind of help with that tight end room. But the person to really keep an eye on and stash is... Foster Moreau, that's right, Foster fucking Moreau, Foster 
fucking <laughs> that is fun to say. What a fucking great name, by the way. Great name. Great name. Great name for this dude. 6'4", 253 pounds. 466 in the 40-yard dash. 83rd percentile speed score. 83rd percentile burst score. 85th percentile agility score. This dude has it all. 90th percentile catch radius. He just didn't produce a shit ton in college. Now, why is that? That could be several reasons. It's Especially at the tight end position, it's just... I don't... <laughs> See, pardon me, I just, I just, I, I, I do not like college football. <laughs> I just don't, for several reasons, which I'm not going to get into right now. But I know a lot of people do, and, uh, yeah. It just feels like some tight ends, it's hard to properly gauge. Um, because they're just in college systems that don't really use tight ends in that matter. And I think, you know, that doesn't mean you should ignore them, I guess is my point. But definitely stash you some Foster fucking Moreau. That's right. Okay, okay. We're going to take a step back, take a step back, and take a little breather. That's right. Take one more breather, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to close up shop, close up this motherfucker, and get ready for the weekend. And some basketball, oh yeah, basketball and hockey, and all sorts of, yeah. So, quick pause, right back. Game over, man. Game over. That's right. I know. It's sad. It's the end of the pod. But that's okay. Be back in a few days. On the Monday, bringing you a Monday pod. Updating you with any list information. As mentioned previously, we got the pup list. COVID list. Opt-out list. We got lists. Lists. We've got many of them. And we got to keep an eye on them. And we'll also talk about, well, at least a little bit. I know, it's a fantasy football show, but we got to talk about, we're actually getting some sports, and it's good news that this shit, at least so far, is working. Now, baseball has had some bumps, so we'll have to see how the rest of that pans out, because that's a very good comparison with football in the sense that they're doing the traveling thing as opposed to the bubble thing. Again, with football... Bigger rosters, more coaching staff, etc., etc. Closer contact on the field. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Very interesting. But hopefully, we give the football. They're pretty fucking determined to get it to us. So, we'll see how it goes. But for now, I'm enjoying the NBA. The first night of NBA was fantastic. I can't wait to watch some more tonight. And I can't wait to get into some puck tomorrow. Yes. So, I'm going to enjoy myself a weekend of actual sports, which I haven't had in a while. And I hope you do the same if you're into that sorts of things. Otherwise, good luck, good luck, luft, am I really, really, really still fucking you do it? I really do. <laughs> I really do. What the fuck? <laughs> it's been a rough one, but hey, it's still been fun. And we've gotten through it, so good luck drafting if you're drafting. And, hey, have a little fun. Speaking of drafting, go on DraftKings. And, and I did that. 
little had a little action last night on the NBA games. It was fun. Nice to get back into that. Bet on a little something. So enjoy yourself this weekend. Enjoy some sports, some betting, whatever. Just enjoy yourself. But, but, as always, stay safe, vigilant, and mad. That's right. That's right. That's right. Ta-ta for now. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I can't let you go. You've got to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at RMK Madness. My goodness. Almost forgot to promote the social media. Man, it really has been. Maybe I just need some food. A little bit of food. A little bit of marijuana. I'd say that sounds about right, right? Right? Better get me right on track. Maybe a nap, too. Nice little, uh, maybe smoke a bowl, eat some some food, uh, smoke another bowl, and then take a little nap while watching, all while watching some bubble NBA action. So that's that's what's going on. Anyway, anyway. Once again, be safe. Be vigilant and be mad. That's right. And I said vigilant way fucked up right there too. God damn it. We're just going to keep fucking up all the way to the end. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Anyway, ta-ta for now. Laters.